good evening, and welcome to the first episode of Arrow Chapter and Verses, which follows me, Seth Elkhorn, as I review the Arrowverse, as I more or less feel like it. You have my wife to blame for this. She suggested that since I'm uh, laid up due to a herniated disc, I might as well do something productive with my time and talk about all of the trash TV I've been watching. Make no mistake, the Arrowverse is trash, but it's yummy, yummy, delicious trash. Like a Twinkie. Okay, so I'm starting in the middle here. This is uh, Season 1, Episode 13, Leviathan of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And let me say this about Legends of Tomorrow. It is a time opera, which I, I probably didn't just coin, but I'm not sure I've heard it before. Like a space opera, like Star Wars, it's a space opera. There's space, there's a lot of Sturm and Drang, there's the universe at stake, etc., etc. So we have sort of the same situation in this. And the, the general plot is that Rip Hunter, who is unaccountably British, possibly because of Doctor Who, uh, in this in this version of things, has recruited a group of ne'er-do-wells and newbies uh, to go kill Vandal Savage before Vandal Savage can kill Rip's family. Now, I like Vandal Savage as a villain. Um, I liked Vandal Savage back when he was Vandar Ag, a caveman who fought with the man who'd become the immortal man when a meteor, both uh, the radiation from a meteor hit them and made Vandal immortal and just kept reincarnating the immortal man. Anyway, um, Vandal Savage is a good villain. He's a good villain. He's a He's a creepy villain. He's usually a fascist villain. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, my favorite take, adapted take, on the DC Universe thus far is still Justice League Unlimited. So that's where I'm coming from. And uh, I do love me some Vandal Savage on Justice League Unlimited. I especially loved uh, the episode where Superman gets flung into the far future and only Vandal Savage is still alive a gone crazy because of his isolation Vandal Savage, who is willing to welcome Superman as a friend because uh, he's the only one Vandal Savage has to talk to. I think that's great. Anyway, this Vandal Savage, the Arrowverse Vandal Savage, is a smug son of a bitch rivaled only by Damien Dark for smugness. If those two had a smug off, it would be impossible to pick a winner because they're so smug, anybody's smug meters would just go completely off the scale. Basically, I want to slap them both. And I actually spoiled myself a little bit by uh, wikiing um, this first season of Legends of Tomorrow because I'm like, I don't know that I can watch this if they don't kill Vandal Savage by the end of this season. I, I really need him not to be here. I just sort of hate every time he's on screen, which I think is the actor doing a pretty good job um, of uh, smugly chewing the scenery that he needs to be chewing. But in this episode, having exhausted seemingly all other possibilities, Rip and the crew travel to 2166 to confront Vandal Savage at the height of his power because they know where they can find him, London, England. And uh, find him they do, giving a speech and watching people do kind of Nazi salutes and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's also here that they meet uh, Cassie Savage, Cassandra probably, Savage, one of Vandal's daughters, um, who recognizes them but doesn't really say anything. Uh, actually, time out. She recognizes Len Snart. She recognizes good old Captain Cold. Uh, and if you ask me, I think there might be something there. Um, 
Because, you know, that's the way the Arrowverse in general works. Like, anytime anyone gives anyone else a significant look, then their romance becomes a, a subplot for the next, God, season, season and a half. And we all have to sit and wait while they figure out where their feelings are and what they're doing and why they can't be together and why they ultimately get together. But anyway, I'm off topic. So we meet, uh, we meet Cassie Savage. She recognizes uh, the crew sent to see if they can assassinate her dad, which consists of... Len Snart, Captain Cold, Mick Rory, Heat Wave, uh, Sarah Lance, White Canary, and old Rip Hunter himself. Uh, now, they don't do a real good job of it. Um, they basically fight and uh, get away. And this is actually one of the more frustrating things about this show, is because virtually every episode is the crew not winning uh, and not quite losing as bad as they probably could have, which is difficult to watch for an entire season, perhaps. Um, I mean, obviously they can't kill Vandal Savage first time out, because then that's the season, they've got nothing else to do, but they also don't spend any time getting closer to solving the problem. It's just like, well, we tried to kill Vandal Savage here, and we didn't, and we tried to kill Vandal Savage here, and we didn't. And we picked up his dagger in this episode, but by the end of the episode, he'd stolen it back, so now we still don't have a good way to kill old Vandal Savage. Well, anyway. So, uh, they go back, they reconnoiter with the rest of the team. Uh, Snart gets the idea that he's going to go kidnap um, Cassandra Savage. They don't know who she is yet, but they do know that she has a bracelet that is one of the items that was present when Vandal Savage killed... Uh, Shara and Khufu, uh, as, or as we know them, uh, Kendra and uh, Carter, who are, of course, the Hawk people. Uh, Carter, of course, got killed um, several episodes ago. Kendra is still left, and she doesn't quite have all the memories that she should have, but she knows that the bracelet was there, and items that were there can be used to kill Vandal Savage. And there's a lot of... Um, People asking questions, such as, how can we use a bracelet to kill Vandal Savage? And uh, they answer it, I want to say, about two-thirds uh, through the episode in a pretty good way. But uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, Captain Cold and Heat Wave go to kidnap Cassandra Savage. They succeed. They bring her back to the ship. She's like, you can't torture me because I've been trained for torture. And Len tries to, like, bond with her over having a bad dad, and that doesn't really go anywhere. Um... Quick word now about old Captain Cold and Heat Wave. See, the thing is that while they were not exactly comic relief on The Flash, they were leaning a little bit more in that direction than they have on this show, which, as I said, is, is really heavy. Everything is so, like, weighty, and all the decisions torture everybody all the time, and they had, like, a whole episode about should we kill Hitler when he was a kid before he did anything bad, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's also... That also gets a little bit difficult to watch, you know? Uh, I'm not saying that uh, those sort of stakes can't be present or shouldn't be present. I I'm just saying that really what I'm expecting is somebody to come out and sing an aria in just about every episode, and it never happens, so I'm always a little confused. Okay, <clears throat> so there's an interrogation scene that goes nowhere. Uh, 
they discover um, that uh, there's a super weapon coming to get them. Martin Stein goes and rescues a bunch of people, and then the super weapon, which is just a giant robot with a couple of atom logos on it, attacks the ship and clobbers the ship. So it clobbers them, <laughs> it clobbers them so bad that it throws them an hour away. Uh, at least according to how fast this particular giant robot robot travels. So the crew has an hour to figure out what they're going to do to deal with this giant robot. And also, they now know that uh, the woman they've captured is Vandal Savage's daughter. They're a little concerned about that. Uh, but old Len Snart knows what to do. He's like, hey, here's this recording that we somehow have of a council meeting in which your dad says, hey, why don't we thin out the population uh, thereby killing a bunch of people, including your mom, um, that he, uh, and he's lied to you about that in the past. He said that it was all per Degaton's fault, and he's just trying to put the world back together, blah de blah de blah uh, uh, Cassie Savage has apparently never, never heard of faking a video, because she goes right along with us. Um, I, uh, am unaware, or was unaware until this point, that Gideon, the AI on the uh, the Wave Rider, which is, of course, a nice nod to the DC hero, Wave Rider, uh, who is a time-traveling person. Uh, okay, so I was unaware that Gideon possessed uh, all these recordings. I mean, I knew it could access records, but uh, they never had it access um, recordings. But then, then, of course, I never had to convince a villain's um, child to turn on that villain, which, of course, uh, Cassandra Savage does. So here's what happens. Uh, Ray Palmer, we all remember old Ray Palmer, the Atom, uh, who in the Arrowverse is sort of hapless Tony Stark, like he's not quite as competent, he's not quite as effective, he's kind of doofy, he's literally a Boy Scout. It, it's, um... I like Brendan Routh in this role more than I liked him as Superman in Superman Returns, but I, I still think they could make Ray, uh, I'm going to say capable of learning from his mistakes, which he doesn't really seem to be much of the time. But anyway, uh, Ray's got a plan to deal with the giant robot. Oh, should mention at this point, the giant robot. That's what they call Leviathan. Uh, I was expecting a sea monster, or perhaps a reference to the Thomas Hobbes book, uh, but no, it's just a big fuck-off robot that they call Leviathan. Meh. Um, and Kendra has uh, finally figured out how to kill Vandal Savage. She finds Carter's old mace, which is on the ship in a crate, and she melts that rather small bracelet down and covers the entire surface of the mace with it. So therefore, they have an object that was present at the time of uh, Shiara and Khufu's murder, something that can be used to kill Vandal Savage. So, of course, Cassandra Savage sneaks the team uh, into, the, uh, into the base. Uh, the team is, uh, the, or the away team, I guess, is the, the usual suspects, the two rogues, uh, Rip Hunter, Sarah Lance, and Kendra Carter. Kendra Carter? No, that's not right. I'm confusing her last name with, of course, Carter Hall. But Kendra, whatever her last name is. 
They go fight Vandal Savage. There's a scene where Vandal and his daughter confront each other, and he's kind of mad that she betrayed him, and she's really mad that he ended up killing her mom, and there's a big fight. And here's the thing. I saw Kendra hit Vandal Savage several times with the mace. Several times in what I would say would be a fatal manner. Um, she hit him in the head at least once, and she was not holding back, so, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if, well, you've got to hit Vandal Savage a certain number of times with a, an object that was there at the, the time of the death of uh, Sharon Khufu, or whether it was just sort of like Vandal Savage has some super strength or, or damage resistance or something like that, but it, it really, I think there were at least three hits in which she probably should have killed him, but didn't, and of course doesn't, because this is only episode 13 out of 16, because random guard that comes in to defend Vandal turns out to be none other than this century's uh, reincarnation of Carter Hall, who has lost his memory and been brainwashed by Vandal Savage. Let's talk about this a little bit. When Vandal Savage was introduced, he was trying to kill the Hawks, because that's how he maintains his immortality. Now, I understand that Vandal Savage in 2166 had been attacked by the Time Crew uh, on several occasions, and knew that Kendra was out there and wanted to kill him, but of course he also knew that she didn't have anything to kill him with up until this point. So he sees Carter's incarnation in 21-whatever and says, you know what, I'm not going to kill him this time. I'm not going to kill him this time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to brainwash him, and when Kendra comes back, I'll have him as a trump card uh, in case they try to kill me, which is, I, I mean, it's okay, but then there's also no explanation of why he has been able to prolong his immortality without being able to kill them and drain their life force. Um, a lot of draining of the life force in the Arrowverse, really. It's it's sort of um, pretty much every villain, not every villain, that's a lie, but a lot of villains can do it to some extent, to one extent or another. So draining of the life force popular in the Arrowverse. Okay. Now, you might be wondering, whatever happened to Ray Palmer and that big fuck-off robot? Well, Ray Palmer does a thing that many size-changing characters do and goes from shrinky to embiggening. He embiggens himself and goes toe-to-toe with a robot. Now, obviously, I'm not a superhero, nor am I a super scientist, nor have I ever fought a giant robot, but I would imagine that if I did, even in a super suit, my first instinct would not be to start punching it, which is what Ray Palmer does, and he does a nice little throw, uh, and whatnot. Um, uh, Jefferson Jackson, one half of Firestorm, who's on the ship, who is coaching Ray through this, uh, reminds Ray that he's got blasters, and Ray starts blasting, and that has somewhat more of an effect. Uh, we also find out that the robot was not reacting to its full potential, because it can apparently fly, and also has blasters, um, and neither of them use that first, which is, I mean, I think if I had a super suit that could fly and use blasters, I would be doing that first no matter what size I was, and eventually Ray kills the robot by punching straight through its head, so good for Ray. Um, 
mention one half of Firestorm, the other half, Martin Stein, also on the ship. Uh, he was apparently injured in the crash, which is why Firestorm can't form and fight the giant fuck-off robot, which I think would have been the go-to, but they wanted to blow the CGI budget to have a giant Ray Palmer fight a giant robot. Also, just a quick note about Firestorm in this universe. I'm a little disappointed because Firestorm is essentially the Human Torch. Um, these two people combine, he gets all flamey, and he throws flame balls at people. That's, that's it. That's all he does. And for me, Firestorm's big power was his ability to rearrange the atoms in things to change them. Uh, at one point in the comics, uh, Ronnie Raymond changed, I believe, the warheads in a sub to Lemon Curry, because everybody likes a good Monty Python reference. Uh, and Firestorm doesn't have this power, which, of course, I understand. You don't want to put that in a show. That's a lot to add on a special effects budget and is, of course, way, way overpowered because the minute you do that, you can pretty much do anything. But but there you are. Uh, Firestorm in this universe is, is not is basically a very uncreative human torch, and it, it, that bothers me a little bit. Um, so... I mean, that is that is basically it for this episode. Uh, Vandal Savage got dragged back to the ship along with unconscious brainwashed Carter Hall. Um, Vandal Savage is in the holding cell. The refugees have been saved. Martin Stein is okay. And um, that's, that's, I think, where I'm going to leave it and uh, this podcast uh, for the time being. So if you tuned in, I'm not sure why you did, but thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, I hope you uh, you look forward to the next episode of uh, Arrow Chapter and Verse. All right, talk to you later. Bye.